everyone, and welcome to Minute 120 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick, Die one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today in order to finish off this week is Heather Baxendale of the Word of Hellmouth podcast. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Hello! Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be here again. I, I would shout at you in French, but I don't really understand it, so I'll just... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, for most people that don't understand French, they wouldn't know that you were messing it up at all. That's true also. That's true. So, <laughs> minute 120 begins with John checking his ammo again and ends with the standoff beginning. So this this is a great episode. I mean, we, we finished things off uh, yesterday with uh, John starting to make his way towards the vault and he's got, you know, his, he's got his pistol and he's got his MP5 that, that he stole from uh, the dead Uli, you know, from upstairs. So this minute actually starts with him, you know, looking at the guns and, you know, taking out the, the magazines of each of them and then taking out the bullets. And it's great because, you know, we see that he puts, he holds out his hand and we can see two bullets in his hand. Okay, basically, he got one bullet out of each of them, which, first of all, I think is just amazing because, you know, in, in movies, they just, you know, will shoot guns and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. It doesn't matter how many bullets they have until they, they run out, you know, if they run out. And, you know, I, I don't know. Have you ever shot an automatic weapon or a semi-automatic weapon? I own a semi-automatic. Actually, there I you own go. Okay. semi-automatic weapon. So, so what so. are the chances, if you were shooting, that you would have one bullet left? Um, it, 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 it could happen. And, and in fact, it does happen on occasion. Um, no, but you're usually at a shooting range, not, 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 usually, one, not, not well, shooting well, around the building. No. no, not around the building, but we do, we do a lot of, our, our family does a lot of target shooting up in the woods too. And we, we do lots of different things. So sometimes we do kind of lose track. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say in this scenario, that's completely plausible. And like you said, too, a lot of movies, you have the endless ammo feature, which, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm fine with in most scenarios. It's okay if, if the movie, you know, if that's if that's the rules of their universe, like the Legolas never runs out of arrows in his that's bow. That's right. Exactly. That's fine. Yeah, if that's if that's the rules of your universe, that's fine. But I do like it when they have the realism with, with combat effects such as this. Um, John Wick's another movie that does a really, really good job of that. It, it taps you into the reality of it more, and it definitely make, raises the stakes, too. Yes. Um, and, you know, it, it definitely is convenient, too, to go, okay, well, we have to get this shot, and we have to do this right. But it works, and it can, and, and as far as, as far as like you said, you know, plausibility goes, it's it's very possible that he had only one left and didn't know, or two bullets left. And Again, it, in, in the pistol, I can I can understand it. In the, in, in the MP5... Less, but it's first of all, it's very telling the the fact. I mean, this this shot of John holding the two bullets in his hand is essentially the explanation to to the audience as to why the scriptwriter or the the director they decided to use MP5s. Okay, because they both are using the same nine millimeter bullets. You know, if they were using an AR-15 or they're using a Kalachnikov or something like that, they'd have different sized bullets. So in order for this whole ploy of what's going to happen, you know, the beginning of next week to to work, you have to have two identical bullets that 
can be interchangeable between the two different guns that, uh, you know, that McLean happens to, to be carrying. Which is really hard to do, but it's also clever, and it's it's something they put together at the beginning. And the MP5 is a reasonable weapon for for the villains to be carrying too. Yeah, well, it, it became popular because of movies. This is one of the first movies that uses MP5s. You know, in in just about every terrorist movie nowadays, you know, after Die Hard, most are using MP5s, not because they need the switchable uh, bullets, but you know, I guess they said, oh, it looks cool, and and when John McClane's holding it, so. It does look cool when drama claims holding it, and and if you can and if you can fire fast enough, I mean the bullets do go off quite quickly. So it's it is it's a lot of fun. They're 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 fun guns when they're used appropriately. Yes. Um. I've but, I've never shot an MP5. Have you ever shot an MP5? Yes. Yes. They're oh. lightweight. Um. There's there's not a lot of recoil. Uh. Again, it depends on how fast your trigger finger is and that kind of thing. Also, too, him running out of bullets, he would definitely know that he was either. <laughs> On that, he would definitely know if he was down to nothing. Having one left in there is kind of exactly. Well, that, that's my yeah. point. That's my yeah, point. That's, that's <laughs> definitely. You know, I've, that's I've definitely shot. Bananas I've, right. It's I've not shot, possible, but <laughs> right. I mean, I've shot pistols and I've shot Uzis also, which also Uzis also use nine uh, millimeters. So the, the the chances in a pistol, it it makes more sense that you will have one that you would know you have one bullet left, especially if you're counting. But you know, in a machine gun. It's generally not going to happen, especially, no, especially the way, in, in especially all of the chaos. Well, think about it. What was the last time that he shot? Do you remember earlier this week when he shot? What the I last think thing the last was he shot? He shot was uh, up at the chopper. Wasn't that the last? Nope. The last string of bullets. He shot no, it was that. at the window. It was That's at the right. Window when he came he shot at the, the window. window. So, what are the chances that he would shoot at the window? He was he was sporadically shooting at the window, both you know, swinging right and left, back and forth, and everything like that. What are the odds that he would have one bullet left? It would be minimal. It's 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 really really small likelihood. And forget about that. Also, let's even let's even go crazier. What are the odds that in both guns that he was using, he would have one bullet left? <laughs> bizarro. Again, yeah. and and almost and almost now that you're you're bringing it up, it just seems it, this, the scene moves so quickly. And again, this is breaking it down by the minute, so we're looking at all of the, the very specific details. But this is one of those movies that's really really tight in all of the details too. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's kind of it's kind of a strange moment to have to have, and and not necessarily necessary either. Having just one left in the Beretta or two left in the Beretta would have been just fine. Yeah, one in the chamber. Yeah, it. it I mean, it it would have been fine. But yeah. I no, guess, but the plot I, needs him to have one in each. You know that that's yeah. what it comes down to. You know. Well, what happens is it has to work for the movie to work. Correct. But, yeah. yeah, for sure. I'm not. I'm not complaining. You know, again, I love this movie. So th- these are not complaints. These are, you know, the, no. the, the, these are pangs of joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do that too. Whenever I watch movies, movies that I love that I will watch 200 times. There's, there's no way you can watch a movie that many times and not find flaws, certain Correct. flaws here or there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with TV shows, that kind of stuff. And I, I, I guess probably using the Star Wars viewership is the best example I can think of. Is even though there are you know the toxic Star Wars fans, it's it's uh, you embrace all of those things. Part of loving the thing that you love is loving it in spite of its yes. flaws. Correct. So so I mean that's that's kind of what it boils down to. But this movie, unless you're really looking for it, you you don't find many flaws. No. So, so it's kind of it's kind of like ooh, why did they do that? It's right. it's more interesting than anything. 
Right. Well, again, this this is a flaw, uh, not for the plot. It's a flaw that you wouldn't necessarily have a bullet left in each weapon. That's that's the little yeah. flaw here. But what's really cool also is if you see, if you're looking at the 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 second seven when he's holding the bullets, you can see once again that his watch, you know, is is turned inside out, you know, on the inside of his wrist. But you can also still see the the writing on his arm from when he was when he wrote down the names of the the terrorists and things like that. You can. Which is really really cool that that they that they let us see that here. That is, that's a nice little detail. I, until I, I, I paused it and slowed it down that much, I noticed that there was stuff on his arm, but it just looked like maybe smut or or whatever from all the explosions. Well, there's like, blood yeah, on there he, too, so, you know. Well, there's lots of blood. He's covered in blood. This is this is full This is full primal mode right now. Right. We're barefoot, just in pants. He's, he's, he's practically Tarzan with an automatic rifle, semi-automatic yeah. rifle. <laughs> and then he, like, clenches the, the two bullets in his in his fist. And then looks up at the at the camera basically, and you see the look on his face. Hmm, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? You know, things well, something like and that. Then he, and then the music yeah, changes. Then, it's holiday music, right? That's right. We get bit. we get holiday music, and then he looks over and he sees the Christmas tree with sparks flying all around it, which is also really cool. You know, that you can see these these sparks. You know, it's very fun. very it's cool. Still along with the Christmas theme. Right. Which is what makes this a full-on Christmas movie. Yes. yes. This isn't LA Confidential where we're stretching it. This is a Christmas <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees all these boxes of, uh, you see like these presents, and then you see, uh, uh, you see holiday decorations. Now, then the, the camera like jumps in and we get, we get, uh, you know, close-ups of, you know, the, the the holiday tape and ribbons and stuff like that. But you can also see one of the packages. Now, did you notice yes. that there's actually a name on the package with an address? I did not. I just noticed it was sitting on the edge. Okay. So the, I, and it, it's the only one that's wrapped, and it, I mean, it draws attention to itself. Yes, it draws attention to itself. It's actually, it, it's the one that's not wrapped. It's just in brown, you know. The, the, there's a red package and there's a like a colorful package with uh, with wrapping paper and there's one that has you know like the it already has the the tape on it saying seasons greetings but then there's another one in the upper left hand corner which is just a brown one which has like a ribbon on it and you can see, oh, I see. the name is Mr M Papik okay it's it's <laughs> I can't read I, it's 1843 something Boulevard and I, I can't read where it actually is. It's 90213-45. So if it's 90213, it means that it's probably close to Beverly Hills because that's 90210. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, that's, that's, that's the only reason I would even yeah. have any clue. Exactly. About. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And, and, so. and I know that when you see a name in a movie like this, that means that, that this, this name has significance. Okay. Do you know who M. Papik is? I do not. I was thinking, it, for me, I can still barely see it on my screen, but I, I when you said it, I thought empathic, as in, <laughs> as an empath, rather than, ah, okay. <laughs> rather than empath. Okay, so no, I do not. Okay, so he is in, in the art department of the, of the movie. Okay. That's cool. His, his actual role in the movie, well, first of all, he has, he, he has tons of credit on IMDb. He has Four credits as 
um, additional crew. You know, uh, most of the time he's the armor or the or or the uh, uh, weapon specialist or things like that, which sort of makes sense that that he would do that that he would be there. Okay, in Die Hard, he is the weapon specialist. All right, and he's also he he's the the property master. All right, well then he wrote himself in. More yes, <laughs> yes. So he, sorry. Sorry, in this movie, he was the assistant property master. In Die Hard 2, he's the property master. You know, he and in The Last Boy Scout, and he, he's got tons of, of, uh, of, well, he has tons of McTiernan movies also that he's in, because he was in Predator also. He was played the, he played the property gun master there. And, uh, yeah, he, was he's he got, in Predator 2? I'm curious, because at the end of Predator 2, we've no, got the, no. the whole... Okay, the whole inspiration for Aliens versus Predators. No, 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 no. He's just in, he's just in Predator. Okay, so he is basically both a uh, armorer and the property master, and so therefore it makes sense that he would put his name on something like this for for at least him to say to his friends, "Hey, I'm I'm in Die Hard." You know. It's kind of neat. It yes. really is. Mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I me think too. That's cool. And I wonder if that's his real address. We should go drive there and find out. Um, if you can go to LA, go ahead. You know, if you're if you're in LA, go go ahead. But I, I again, I can't read it, so it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, I still can't even read the name, and I've I've rewound it, moved moved it a couple times. So that's interesting because kinda... we're both looking at the. I mean, assuming you're looking at the the clips I gave you. Yep. So. Yep. May, yep. I, I I think you need glasses. Um, I do. I do <laughs> actually. I'm I'm almost legally blind. And now <laughs> and now we understand why you cannot. Uh, understand what is written there hmm <laughs> it's, i was actually complaining about blurry vision all day today so i wonder why so, yeah. so that's why you cannot see mr <laughs> m Papik. okay now what's even more interesting is is that he his son whose name is nick Papik, okay is also uh in the movie industry okay and he if i remember correctly is a uh he's also in the in the art department okay he's also the assistant armorer in in many movies cool. um he's an actor in one movie uh in a movie called naked betrayal he was a card player all right <laughs> uh the the picture <laughs> the picture makes it look like it's either porn or soft porn you know, but I, by the name it, it, the implication is there <laughs> yes yes but unfortunately, he was actually killed on set. Okay, while they were filming the movie The Kingdom. Okay, have you, have you seen the movie The Kingdom? With, yeah, yeah. You know, when that, that's the one that takes place I think in, in Saudi Arabia. It's got an amazing cast. It's it's written. It's uh, directed by Peter Berg. It's with Jamie Foxx, yeah. Chris Cooper, uh, Jennifer Garner, uh, Jason Bateman. Yes. I love Jason Bateman in this movie because you don't expect him there. You know. No, uh, no. Jeremy Piven's in it, Richard Jenkins, Kyle Chandler. Um, so he was actually, uh, here, I'll read what it says in IMDb, that he was tragically killed on the set of the film The Kingdom when the Gator all-terrain vehicle he was driving lost power and collided with an F, with an SUV. He was taken to, they were filming in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was taken to the hospital there, but succumbed to severe head injuries within three hours of the accident. So... Uh, you know that, that that that's quite sad. That's something. But Very. I'm trying to figure out like why, you know, if he's the armor, so why is he, you know, 
driving around, you know, in the middle of the movie. I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't one that were filming or something like that. Maybe maybe not. I don't remember hearing. I, it's it's a really good movie. I haven't watched it in a long time. Which you yeah, yeah. They inspired me to want to watch. Yeah, it well, again, it's it's I, inspired I me now to want to want to uh, watch it again too. So uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, usually you hear something about that though. That there's a death of some kind surrounding the making of a movie, even if it's accident. Yeah, but also this movie came out in but, yeah. in 2007, so. You know, it's it it has been uh, fifteen years since this happened. Thanks for reminding me that I'm getting so much older. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> Heather, as I always say, you know, it's better to get older because the only other alternative in life is not to get older, and we don't want to not get older. No, you know, so no, no, no. there you go. We just have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up. It's it, it's something it's something I'm I'm willing to deal with. You know. For the most part, me too. Yeah. It's not so bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who wants to be a teenager again anyway? Come on. That's no, a... <laughs> no, no. I'll take the joy, pain, and the short-term memory any day, any day. Do not want to be a teenager again. Not even with the knowledge that I have now. Don't want to even go back with that. Correct. Nope. nope. Yeah. Com- completely. <laughs> there, there are too many movies that tried doing that, you know, but uh, no thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll pass on those. So, you know, after we see this, we hear it's it's I I love the way that it's cluing us into what what's going to happen, you know, next week. You know, obviously, we don't we don't get to see today what's going to happen with it. But but it it gives us a little bit of an inkling, you know, especially once you know, exactly, especially once, you know. And so that's a lot of fun. And then the, the scene changes and we get to see we're back to Argyle. We see the limo slowly creeping through the 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 garage which is great he's driving like really really slow and the question is okay you know we know that he saw uh theo in the truck and stuff like that you know but he's he's somehow able to be really really quiet by doing this the way that he's doing it you know he's i like that they make the car almost seem like it's sneaking up like yes exactly (laughs) even though it's the only car that's moving in the garage it's not a small vehicle either it's there's nothing subtle about a limo and it's not making noise you know <laughs> no no because we just well we don't hear it because we hear the ominous the ominous music well i don't know if, I, I, you see i don't know if i would call it ominous music it's ominous. I, I would say it's yeah. fun music the way that they yeah. do it yeah it's, it's border it's borderline uh funny slash like almost a play on the this should be a scary moment exactly or an intense moment yeah, it's 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 teasing it a bit, which is fun. Yeah, and and the whole scene is really really fun. Yeah, and then you know then they show the the shot from the window, basically from Argyle's perspective. You see the 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 little ambulance backing up. Which what's really funny is is you know you don't see the the truck anymore. You just see the ambulance. No. Like he pulled out of the truck, but now he's in a completely different area. He somehow you know drove around to there. So he starts uh, you know backing up there, and then. They give us a close up of Theo inside, you know, and he you know, puts it in the park and then he looks looks over to his left and sees that Argyle has, you know, put the pedal to the metal. It's so great. And, I yeah. I like I like this I like this whole sequence anyway. I like first of all, I like I like uh, car sequences where they, they show the perspective of the driver. It's it's one of my favorite ways to see that shot. Um, I enjoy it. Actually, when I'm watching race car drivers as well, it's it's fantastic, and it it really puts you in the moment too. 
but but just when it switches back to Theo and you see the front of that limo coming at right. you. <laughs> and and Theo is scared out of his wits. You can see he's got such a great expression on his face as to how scared he is. You know, it goes to show once again that, that Theo is, you know, all talk. <laughs> yep. And and this is a legitimate crash too. I mean, obviously yeah. this is a practical fact. They actually smashed the limo in, yeah. into the van. Of course. But but I appreciate that they didn't do the extra because I mean I mean what you see a lot too is if a car hits another car movies, it's like the unlimited ammo rule or kicking down the door. That the car always explodes. It explodes. There you go. Yeah, or there's fire. There's just always fire. And that's not realistic. Right. It's fun though. I don't complain because <laughs> I enjoy explosions. But I also appreciate the realism and letting it do the damage that it did here. Yeah. For sure. And it, I, I also love how we, we see Theo and we hear the screeching of the tires. You know, and then, then we get to see the limo charging right at him. And Theo closes the door and, you know, tries to brace himself for impact with the way that he's doing it. And then we see the limo colliding with the ambulance, uh, causing a lot of damage to both of them. Yep. You know, I, the, the whole thing reminds me of like a rhino that sees something it doesn't like and is just like, I'm coming to get you. Right. And there's really not a lot of space or time to react to it. So it's just all, all, all doom. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it really is. And then Argyle like quickly jumps out of the car and runs over to, to the, to, to, to the ambulance, you know, to the to the driver's window of the ambulance, and just like punches Theo, <laughs> <laughs> so who who succumbs so quickly, just one little punch. <laughs> Soft chin. Soft chin. That's right. We'll do you in every time. That's right. And then <laughs> and then we see, you know, Theo just uh, lying on the side there. After, uh, you know, he's he's uh, down for the count. Which Broken is glasses too. Yeah. Yeah, broken glasses. And I mean, if you notice when when the limo hits the 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 ambulance, one of the the windows in the back of the ambulance also just goes flying. Yeah. Well, I guess it does. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> and our girl is just very proud of herself here. <laughs> he should be. He should be. He's he's done a big thing. I mean, he's done some hero action yeah. here. He's got like a huge he's... smile on his face, but but he he you know then then he like shakes his hand because he's you know his fist hurts him now from from well, punching the he, he knocked a dude cold and and yeah. from the way he did it and his reaction to it it feels like it's probably the first time he's ever done anything like that yeah yeah probably certainly smashed the vehicle into another vehicle but i feel like it was the first time he's ever hit yeah. somebody like that too. Mm-hmm. correct and then it's satisfying yeah for sure and then the shot changes again and we we see eddie Who's uh, you know f- fiddling around with with one of the bags of the bearer bonds, and then Hans uh, pushes Kristoff to go on his way, and Kristoff runs holding one of the bags of of the bearer bonds as he starts running out of the 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 I guess the vault, right? And it's just really yes. funny because we get a, a little shot of of Kristoff. He's still wearing his goggles, you know. Yeah. Oh, he is. <laughs> yeah, he he forgot to take them off, but and then as he's running, he just like quickly grabs them and throws them off, and then he he comes out the gate by the by by the uh, um, by the vault, and then gets smashed in the face by by John. John uses his the butt, of the, gun. the butt of the gun. That's right. 
and he he goes Ow. down really quickly. Now, I love the fact that there are two of the terrorists that actually survive, and they both get knocked out in within you know thirty seconds of one another. Yeah, you know, they're, and they're both pretty good knockouts. That's too. right. They don't they don't try and spread it out at all. Nope. You know, nope. it's like, okay, why not? We'll just we'll just knock them out. You know, but the and and as like Christoph goes, fly, he he goes flying to the side, and then his bag flies out also, and the bag apparently is open, and so all the bearer bonds that he's holding also, you know, slide across across the floor. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool the way that uh, the way that that happened. That's good. You know, yeah, we see we really yeah we see all the sparks uh, flying and stuff like that, and then the shot goes back and shows. Hans and Eddie, as they're loading up the trolley, and they apparently hear something, and they both look in the direction of the camera. <laughs> Guess because they hear a battle cry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think John McClane has had quite enough of their BS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This 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 makes me think too. There's another sequence like this um, in in Troy. When, when Achilles comes and starts just yelling, Hector! Like, Hector! Whenever my brother and I just randomly get annoyed with each other, we'll just text each other, Hector! Instead of actually yelling. <laughs> well, now you other. should change it and start saying Hans. Hans. Uh, and yes. Hans. Another great, another great moment where where that it's the same it's the same feeling of, okay, I've had enough. I am ready to end you. Let's have this out. Yes. Yeah. Basically, and and Hans and Eddie are are both looking at at us into the camera, you know, trying to figure out why uh, John is is calling out his name. You know, he's a little uh, little shocked here. And then they they give us a great silhouette of John, you know, as he's like uh, walking towards the area. We don't see, you know, he's 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 completely dark. Like around him, it's lit. Yep. You know, we see the sparks flying around him from from the back. You know, and the, the we see the Christmas tree behind him also, and stuff like that. And and Hans gets pretty smart. He he just like pulls out a gun and then holds Holly's arm and pulls her closer to him. You know, and yeah, speed hasn't happened yet. We don't shoot the hostage. No, not yet. <laughs> pop, uh, hot, uh, pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> and I, I love how Eddie is is holding his hands up like the way that he is. Yeah, like I'm not doing. I'm not anything. doing anything. Don't shoot me. Yep. Don't shoot me. I'm done. Even I'm done. even though that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so and and that's pretty much how the minute ends. We get another shot from behind the uh from behind Eddie and um and Hans, and we see John moving towards them, you know, from afar with all the sparks and light behind him and stuff like that. And that, it's a really, really great shot. Yeah. It's a great hero shot. Yeah. If they would have, if they would have put a, a poster out of just that too, and and literally just said Die Hard, that would have been enough to get me to the theater <laughs> to see it. Exactly. That's all you need to know. I mean, there's their their posters were great for it. They were, but that one would have worked as well. Yeah. So the the the, the script is a little bit different. The way that uh, it does things. Did you, first of all, did you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? Everything 
is going for him at this point. No matter what, he still has some some response to everything. And right then and there, whereas most most villains would have just tossed it in or dove to the side, he's like, nope, I've got another play. I've got there your you wife go. right here. <laughs> and it is it's it's not even a question. He calmly grabs her. It's not a it's not a die for it. And and I just I appreciate that. Right. Okay. That's actually that, that's very true. And and then so the the script starts off by saying McLean's face shows his anguish. He checks the weapon he took from Uli. One bullet. Under his breath he says, Shit. He checks his Beretta. One bullet. He thinks, desperate, decides. He takes the bullet from the rifle clip, adds it to the Beretta clip. He slams the pistol clip back. Really worried, mind racing, he looks all around the room. His eyes fall on a tape dispenser. He thinks again, steps towards it. Now, first of all, I, I don't like the fact how in the script they already are telling us that he puts it into his pistol. Because yeah. part of the whole shock factor of seeing this for the first time is is you, you see the as two bullets and you think he's going to have them in his machine gun because that's what he's holding. Especially because he's wielding it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Of course, the villains don't know that, but we don't know that. And that's a fun part of being in the closet, which Correct. is probably why they, they cut that part yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. And then uh, it, it moves to uh, Argyle in the uh, basement. It says, flooring the limo, Argyle crashes into the van, which careens into the wall. Theo staggers out in time for Argyle to deck him with one punch. And then Argyle looks around and says, where's the camera when you need them? <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. So, yeah. And then it it goes back to the vault room. And Han says to, to one of his minions, let's move. The last of the money is piled on. Hans hangs on the holly while Eddie pushes the mail carts of mail money bags. Kristoff goes to the door to scope their escape. Suddenly, he is cold cocked by a rifle butt. McLean steps into view in the doorway, backlit by sparks, still tumbling down from the roof, from the roof above. He holds the machine gun ready. Hans. Hans turns, not that surprised, grinning. He yanks Holly into view. No words need to be said. So it, it's it's very descriptive. I like it. Yeah, I do too. It's it's pretty good. And they took out the one part that they needed to take out. Yeah. I mean, and and Argyle's line, he it's a it's a funny line reading it, but he also delivers that without saying it. Yeah. With his grin. So it, it wasn't necessary. Those two little bits were, were unnecessary. It's I so far all the all the bits that you've read too of, of the script, the the detail of it is is really fantastic. Yeah, it is. I haven't I haven't really looked at action ones before, so I've I've always been been curious. If you want, I can send you the the whole file, and you can read all 120 something pages of it. If you're very, I if you're might interested. actually do that if you'd like to. I don't mind. It's your. It's up to you. Yeah. I have the file. I love. I love. You know that. Uh, that shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> I always assumed like Michael Bay movies are just they're like five pages long, and they just intimate that he's just going to put explosions well i think i think of them you know like how tolkien writes you know tolkien would say and they walked and they walked and they walked and they walked and they got to a certain place and they fought and they fought and then they finished fighting and then they continued walking and walking and walking and walking now i love tolkien's stories but i hate the way that he writes i i i i, I can't stand his writing i find it just too boring okay I strangely just had this conversation with someone recently too, and it was specifically Tolkien. I I love I love I like the way he writes, but one of the things that 
you know, I do miss out on is, is, as you pointed out, any of the action sequences whatsoever. I explained to the person I was talking to that, yeah, in the book, Helm's Deep is, isn't even a page long. Right. The Battle of Minas Tirith is like two pages long. That's it. And you have this, this extraordinary buildup to it. The rest of it's lovely and it's wonderful, but I, I want that payoff too. It doesn't have to go on as long as it does in the movies, which I thank Peter Jackson for realizing for us. But, but yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I always get curious with people that write that. And having just written my own book where where I wanted that, I have a lot of detailed action sequences. <laughs> one of my chapters is literally just a fight in a basement. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, ah, uh, if you're going to do it, commit. But I like reading that kind of thing. So I actually, I, I would really, really love to read the script. So thank you. Okay, I will, I will send it to you. <laughs> and so basically that, that that's what we got from the script here so every friday i have a segment called weekend surprise okay we, we've we've discussed this a little bit during the course of the week but uh we'll, we'll go into a little more detail so one of the biggest controversies about die hard is the big question is die hard a christmas movie or not so what do you think heather is die hard a christmas movie or not one second one second one second and you, you need to show your work here you need to explain yourself as to why, not just it is. It needs to oh, I give examples. I, I, I mentioned LA Confidential earlier, and I actually argued LA Confidential, so this is not difficult. Lethal Weapon's also a Christmas movie. To be a Christmas movie, it can't just take place on Christmas. I mean, you can call it a Christmas movie then, but there has to be the themes, there has to be more than just a little bit of the music played in the background, but we get all of those elements here. We've got the Christmas trees. We've got the Christmas parties. We've got the Christmas music playing in the background. Everything about this kind of plays into the Christmas theme in general. It's not just a, well, it's here and it's convenient. It, it plays into, I mean, even in the, even in the moments at the end here, just, just this, this one minute clip. I mean, we had how many references to Christmas, stuff? Yeah. the, the boxes, the, the music in the background. We had the Christmas tree topple over a couple days ago. I mean, these are all elements that come together as a whole to add the theme. And that's really what it boils down to is does it actually work into the theme? Does it have anything to do with the story? And yes, it does have to do with the story. This is a violent Christmas story. It's not a traditional Christmas story that we're all used to, but this is a Christmas movie. And if you were going to put any, I think, action movie that is Christmas themed on the plate to argue, I think Die Hard is probably the best. I would put it before Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, if you really wanted to argue hard that it's not, I think you could. I don't feel like you can with Die Hard. Okay. That, that is fair. That is a great explanation. So, Thank you very much for that. So, Heather, now that now that we're done with this week, is there anything else you want to mention about Die Hard or about the character of John McClane or something like that? Is there, is there anything that, 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 you know, you could talk about anything that's related to the movie? I have something personal that is that I may have told you about in the past. Um, I... This, this will sound like a sad story to start, but, you know, Die Hard is, is about a relationship that's gone awry. Uh, <laughs> I, I was... I was, I'm on my second marriage. I was married, I got married very young, and we were together for about 10 years, and when we split up, I had someone recommend an attorney to me, just to do all the, you know, the fun stuff, and it turned out his name was John McClain. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I mentioned to him that I was really excited to have 
you know, this character represent me. He had no sense of humor about it at all. He couldn't have been more deadpan. He's like, oh, I've seen the movie. Yeah, um, okay. Well, at least at least he's seen I, the I, movie, I, as opposed to saying, I don't know yeah. who that is, you know. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a character, though, and he was he was a fantastic attorney. But, but he had no no sense of humor about it at all. I showed him once. I, I had, instead of having his name in my phone, I had Yippie Kaye. So anytime he called me, Yippie Kaye would come up. It also really Wait, the sound? The you'd, have this, the, you'd have the sound clip? Or it would just yes, say Yippie Kaye? Yes, Yippie I did. Oh. Uh, yep, I had the sound clip. For text, anyway. For text. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so that would that would pop up. Yeah, I had I had the nurse from the whistle from Kill Bill for my, my ringtone at the time. <laughs> funny, yeah. Funny. It just, it just popped into my head. I remember. Now I don't even have a ringtone on my phone because I don't like to listen to it. But yeah, it was it was kind of a neat, cool thing. And people didn't appreciate it, but I did. And it made the process at least somewhat funny. And I got to tell everybody, I'm like, I'm good. I've got John McLean representing me. And anybody who'd seen a good movie. That's right. And by any chance, was your ex's uh, lawyer named uh, Hans Gruber? No, he was one of those. <laughs> he was one of those slimy guys that looked like he. Harry, Harry Ellis. Some kind of ad. Harry Ellis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have been. He could have been any of the henchmen. That's what he looked more like. He looked like one of the henchmen. Oh wow. He was terrible. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was awful. He was always late. He was never on time. John McClane would have had. No patience for that man whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so funny, silly story. But that's great. You'll you'll always remember John McClane. <laughs> yeah, both of them. I've kept him. It's it's been like eleven, twelve years at this point, and I still have him in my phone, just so I can have John McClane in my phone. Yeah, I, well, hopefully you'll never have to call him. You know, that, that's what it comes down to. Hopefully. Yeah. If not, I can recommend him. <laughs> there you go. So if anyone anyone's in Michigan and they need a they they need a a good uh, divorce attorney, you know, look for John McLean. <laughs> we we just did free advertising for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to call him just to tell him. <laughs> tell, tell him to listen to the to the podcast. That tell him that in every episode his name gets mentioned. <laughs> he still wouldn't listen. Again, wonderful man, great attorney. No sense of humor at all. And me too, when I'm when I'm suffering in any way, the first thing I do is make a joke. So you can imagine <laughs> all I was 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 really dry pan jokes and he just stared at me like, I don't understand you at all. <laughs> <laughs> he would not want to listen to any podcast that I was on. Probably not. <laughs> Sounds that way. All right. So Heather, you want to once again for the final time this week tell people how they can get in touch with uh, Heather Baxendale. That's right, because I, I should do all those those fun promotional things. Uh, you can find me on all the socials. You can find me under my pen name, H.B. Walsh, on Amazon. Not Amazon. On, well, you can find me on Amazon. You can find my book there, The Prophecy Part 1, Lost, under H.B. Walsh. Go ahead and look it up. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow me there, please. Um, my second book, um, Part 2, Bounty Hunters. Should be out at the end of the year and coming out soon. Actually, by the time the show airs, it should be out at least one or two episodes. The new podcast that I'm on with Mark Armstead, Word of Hellmouth, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast rewatch show will be out. And I'm so super excited about it because it's one of my favorite adolescent shows. Oh, wow. Very cool. Okay. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be listening to the show on. 
Uh, finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, or you can go directly to my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So, Heather, once again, this was such a fun week. Thank you very much for for taking the time to to to, to be with everyone, to, but to talk to me. And uh, you know, I, I haven't yet revealed what season four is. I know you know what it is. So, hopefully, you'll be back on season four. We'll 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 have a fun time. We'll have uh, some some great minutes of a different movie to talk about. Uh, and we'll we'll have to wait and see. So that'll be in a few months from now. But uh, I, I look forward to having you back, uh, Heather, and having a great discussion about a, a different movie besides Die Hard. <laughs> Me too. It's going to be a very good time. That is definitely going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until until uh, well, uh, Heather won't be back on on Monday with us, but uh, I'll be back and I'll have a new guest on. On Monday, so until then, yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay!